0: Amazing Thanksgiving weekend, Thanksgiving day, just the whole thing. I hope it was great. Sorry that we were off last week. It was it was kind of unannounced. It was it was definitely unplanned. Suffice to say, there was a lot going on. We'll get into some of that as the week progresses on. Uh, but we also had had some time. We were doing some decorating. Um, you know, we got we got our cozy little nook going over there. So tis the season. Tis the season. Yeah. So we're we're excited about. Um, about this week, about this month, it's going to be a fun time. Um,
1: what a great weekend of college football. It wow. was the best. I can't think of a better weekend of college football. Just the games, they all the games that were like the marquee matchups didn't let down. Yeah, no, like rivalry weekend rarely
0: disappoints, but it, it definitely did not this week. I mean, just... Absolutely amazing. We're going to talk about it later um, because it warrants it. There just there was there was some outstanding games. Obviously, I'm happy with the Michigan win. We'll talk about that later. Um, <clears throat> but we do have a lot to get to today. We've got a lot to get to. We've got Biden who who sh- shared one of the most laughable lies yet on the Middle East. Remarkable that he said it, and, and you know he believes it too, which is even worse. He also seemed pretty casual about the whole U.S. hostage situation. Uh, obviously, the U.S. individual still being held by Hamas. We'll talk about that. You've got Elon Musk's X, which is beating uh, Facebook and Instagram, just kind of the whole meta... Ecosystem, if you will. He also was in Israel, by the way. We got Romney who <laughs> said the least surprising thing ever. The military's reversing course on how they handled the whole VAX issue. That was a story last week, but I want to touch on it today just because we didn't get to last week. Uh, so we'll talk about that, and then we'll get into the very busy weekend of sports. Trump visited uh, University of South Carolina for the game there. Uh, tons of that. Before we get started, though, I'm pleased to tell you that this hour is brought to you commercial free by American alternative assets. Listen up, folks, Bidenomics is not working. U.S. dollar, losing its value, your hard-earned savings are at risk, but you can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number two, USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. Okay, let's get into things the way that we always do. Let's kick things off the news cruise. So before we get into this too, by the way, have you noticed how the conversation and and kind of the, the news cycle, a lot of it's really changed pretty significantly, I would say, on the Israel-Hamas front. There's a lot less conversation about it. It's still going on, to be very clear. There's still a lot going on. There was a uh, temporary ceasefire that happened last week. There's there's hostages still being held. The rest of the region still, you know, is walking on eggshells, aligning themselves. So the, the, nothing has really changed except for how it's being discussed here at home. Yeah. I mean, it's just an interesting phenomena to see. (laughs) It's turned into Islamophobia. Right.
1: Yeah. That's all it's to—there was, like, maybe, what, a 24-hour window where there was sympathy for Israel and the Israelis? Right. And then it's just—it's all switched. It's all switched. Now we're shutting down the Brooklyn Bridge. It's like, you know, all these—it's not rioting. It's just, like, all these weird sort of, like, Gaza Floyd kind of, you know, sit-ins are happening all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, you came home to a flag in yeah. your
2: community. <laughs> Gone for five days, come back and on the third floor balcony, free Palestine flag.
1: I texted you. I was like, "Well, there goes the neighborhood." Yeah, <laughs> dude, I wish I wish I was a vendor for these Palestine flags. <laughs> Seriously, we need to get ahead of that.
0: Well, I mean, here's how you do it, right? You you plan the next outrage moment, and you have everything printed, ready everything to go, and ready. Yeah. Um, We'll, we'll work on that. Just kidding, FBI. We're not going to do that. Um,
1: <laughs> they're the ones funding it. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Who's paying for all the printing? They are.
0: <laughs> I, the, damn sure somebody is. Somebody's making their 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 money. Um, that's just exhausting to think about. I don't I don't have time to do that. Um, but. Point being is the narrative has changed and all that. But there is still a ton going on over there. But Joe Biden had a pretty interesting take over the weekend. I found this fascinating. He, he's I, I'm not even going to—you've probably seen it. It's in the title, so you know where, where I'm going with this. But let's, let's listen to Joe Biden's view and take on why Hamas attacked on October 7th and why all of this is happening in the Middle East. Take a listen.
3: Mr. President, you said you were hoping to get cooperation from Arab leaders. What are you hearing from them when you talk to them? What would you
4: like to see them do? I'm hearing a lot, but I'm not going to speak to it right now. There's an overwhelming desire on the part of the region to... Let me back up. I cannot prove what I'm about to say. But I believe one of the reasons why Hamas struck when they did was they knew that I was working very closely with the Saudis and others in the region to bring peace to the region by having recognition of Israel and Israel's right to exist. You may recall when we did the G20 a little while ago, I was able to get a resolution, a a statement passed through there saying we're going to build a railroad from Riyadh all the way through the Middle East into, into Saudi Arabia. Israel, et cetera, and all the way up to Europe, not the not the railroad, but it would be an underground pipeline and then railroad. The whole idea is there's overwhelming interest, and I think most Arab nations know it, in coordinating with one another to change the dynamic in their region for a longer-term peace. And uh, that is uh, what I'm going to continue to work on. Thank you all very, very much. I appreciate it.
0: I love, I love that you have a so-called president leader of the free world. Obviously, he's none of those things. But I love that you start your statement with, look, I can't prove any of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, but I'm going to go ahead and make this huge statement anyways, even though I've already undercut myself, uh, as he should, because it's absolute BS to, to think this. Uh, but I mean, what he just said there, if you were laughing and missed the second part of it, is, I was about to bring peace to the Middle East, and that's why Hamas t- attacked. That's not even remotely true.
2: <laughs> no. Oh, well, there's no peace now. There's no peace now. I mean, think about it. Th- this. There
3: is...
1: was peace with the Abraham Accords, but Th- yeah, he's done, yeah. Biden and his regime have done everything they can to erase it. Yeah. No, the Abraham Accords were the most significant progress, the most
0: innovative attempts at progress that we've seen over there. Obviously, even that didn't fix everything, uh, but, but, they, but they were great. But the point is, is you, you've got the most complex geopolitical issue— that has been going on forever. By the way, it will forever. I don't really think it's necessarily that solvable, just because of how things work over there. But you've got this—you've got this super complex issue, and to think that Joe Biden is going to be the guy to fix it—come on! The, I mean, the dude can't—he probably got lost leaving that podium as soon as he was done with the Q and A. He can't—he doesn't know where he is. You're gonna fix fix the issue there. You're going to bring peace to the Middle East. It's absolutely laughable, but, but at the same time, you know, deep down in his heart, he believes it.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's two things that don't lie, Alzheimer's patients and yoga pants, and it, 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 Joe is a great example of, you know, not being able to lie because of his mental condition. One thing I did find curious about what he said is this pipeline and this rail line because there are people that are in the community that I'm a part of, (laughs) (laughs) sort of these fringe dwellers who are always looking into deeper, more significant meaning, or deeper meanings of significant events, who have been talking about the natural gas supply in Gaza. And so this leads credence to that if he's talking about, you know, this pipeline that would lead all the way into Europe. Right. Yeah, no, I absolutely. I love the
0: the community that I'm a part of. <laughs> I love how you've you've kind of you like. Sorry about that. Judged it up. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Um. <clears throat> so um. Obviously, we've got we've we've still got a situation there. We still have hostages there, not just American hostages, but hostages, you know, Israeli hostages, other hostages from throughout Europe um, and, 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 and elsewhere. But he, he was speaking to that and talking about it. He said that he was hopeful that more hostages would be released, but also did not know the timing or how all this, this stuff would go. Let's play this clip, and then we've got another one, and we'll, we'll discuss. Take a listen to him here.
4: Sir, do you expect that if you are able to use this momentum to extend the pause, have you extracted any guarantees
5: about proof of life for other hostages, or do you have an expectation of how much longer you could push this pause?
4: Well, look, you know, the deal calls for for every for every ten hostages released to extend another day. So I'm hopeful this is not the end; it's going to continue. But we don't know, and uh, but I get a sense that. Um, all the players in the region, even the neighbors who aren't and have been directly involved for now, are looking for a way to end this so the hostages are all released, and Hamas is is completely. Uh, how can I say it? No longer in control of any portion of Gaza. And
5: do they have control of all of the?
4: Okay.
0: So, in fairness, he, he's saying I don't. I don't know. Don't. I mean. Uh, not comforting. Not surprising. It's a wild situation over there. He, uh, but, and particularly him, doesn't really know what's going on anywhere, let alone there. But I, I want to play the next one, and, and then we'll talk about it, because I, I get not knowing everything and certainly not sharing everything. Even, look, I, I don't like the guy at all, but I want him to succeed for our country in certain areas. I don't see it ever happening, but uh, but that would be nice. Um, He would have to like the country. He would have to like the country. He would have to want to succeed for the country and its people, uh, which is a pretty big hurdle that we're facing at this point. But but I get not knowing. I get not uh, sharing certain details, all of that. But maybe don't laugh and convey a casualness about a very significant, important and tragic situation like you he did here.
4: Thank you all so very much. Thank I know, you, you know, we have to call you. I know you say, what's he calling me with only 10 minutes or so of notice. <laughs> I said, that's the notice I guess. Because we didn't know, I didn't wanna be having this press conference if they weren't physically, even when they were in the Red Cross ambulance, I didn't wanna do it because they were not out. They were They were still in Gaza. So uh, I don't thank you enough, but thanks for your patience. You and I, I know time. its uh, we're here anytime. Any <laughs> <laughs> Alright, <laughs> So I thank. Happy holidays. Okay, happy holidays to you guys. Thank
3: you, Mr.
0: President. Thank you, sir. So, like again, and people will say he's just being kind and friendly. I- I- I'm okay with kind and friendly. But you've got to also understand, this is like a, a, a news anchor. And I know people are, are kind of conditioned to it now, and they're used to it, right, with with all that's happening there. They're conditioned to conflict and war. And, oh, there's been hostages for weeks, so it's not as big of a deal. It's a really big deal to the people who's, who have family members that are being held hostage. It's a significant deal. You can't have a news anchor telling an awful story and, and smiling and laughing when it's serious. I, I just don't appreciate the... The tone and kind of the, the spirit of that, like if you're going to if, if, if I, and you never want me to be president, but if I'm there and we're talking about hostages in the war, it's going to be very buttoned up. Matter of fact, here's the facts. Here's a couple of questions. Thanks for your time. Walk off straight face the whole thing, because you don't want to shoot the ship with them afterwards and be like, <laughs> someone will figure them out or her mom will kill them
1: whatever home. like <laughs> I know it's you know Thanksgiving and all and you know it's, <laughs> we'd rather be home with our you know families at this point and you know I appreciate the fact you guys all gather together with 10 minutes notice you know it's just it, it's, yeah, it's that's yeah. their job Well, first <laughs> one of the things that, that drives me crazy about this the whole hostage situation that is going on is the deals that they're cutting to get these hostages. The first round when when they secured the release of what was it, twelve or fifteen? I can't remember the number, but it was it was in that range. Right. And we got the twelve hostages and we had to—and they had to trade something like 1,500 Hamas operators who were in prison. Right. <laughs> this unbelievable amount of people. It's not like a one-for-one trade. It's almost kind of like getting an American-hating female basketball player in trade for the merchant of death. I was just going <laughs> to write it that. I'm glad you did.
0: I mean, those are the deals we make. It's, it's absolutely
1: ludicrous.
0: It just is. Yeah. yeah, but 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 it's not surprising. I mean, the, particularly first first and foremost, you don't see um, these types of negotiations or exchanges happening under conservative leadership. And our conservative party is broken; it's a hot mess. So that's not me saying our party's better and we do it better. No, you just traditionally have not seen that under Republican leadership, but under under the last two Democrat administrations, the Obama administration, which you can argue, and I think you'd be right that this is just the third Obama term, but Obama, Biden, O-Biden, o, o whatever you want to call it, this term, it's been the same thing. You get these heavy-handed deals for the bad guys— they come out right as rain. We give them more people, more money, more whatever, and we get jack shit in return. It's it's. I I, I don't see how how American citizens don't stand up and be like, wait a minute. Well, how is this a good deal? I thought we were like number one. I thought we were America. America's you know, but but no one questions it. They're just. And I get, look, if you're the family, of uh, if, if, if you're a loved one of someone who's in these, you don't look at it that way, and you shouldn't. You should focus on what's important, and that's the, the life and, and, and health of, of your, your loved one who's being held hostage somewhere. But, but as, a, as a country, you got to be like, I think we're probably setting a bad precedent here.
1: Well, we got the Iranian prisoners back, our our people back from Iran. We, in we, in exchange, we gave Iran what like eleven billion dollars. It was roughly a billion dollars a person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> you talk about setting a bad precedent. You know that that's an awful lot of money. And I know if you know if I had a loved one who you know was was you know being held hostage somewhere. I, I would want to do whatever it took to get them out. But I remember when Obama was, you know, when he was president and, you know, people had loved ones who were being held hostage and they were going, the State Department wasn't doing dick for them. So they started going their own route trying to raise money to get these people out, get their people out. And he's like, no, 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 we don't negotiate with, you know, terrorists. And it's like, well, yes, you do. But it has to be on your terms, I guess. Yeah. You don't. I do. Yeah. Meaning Obama.
0: Yeah. No, it's. It, 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 and here's the deal. There's there's a reason people talk about precedents and 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 how things go once they've been set, and, and it's it's for good reason because you see that now. You see enemies around the world saying, "Okay, America's has caved on these before. They'll do it again." And it's not like this is a court of law where we, you know you have to do it because we certainly don't, and we should, and we should change the precedent now to hey, this is how we do things, and take it or leave it. But our enemies know that, and, and, and they capitalize on that all the time. I mean, that's you, you don't get deals like Britney Griner for Victor Bout, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if they
1: think we're strong and gonna hold hold firm in our in our position. You just don't. No. And, you know, I was in Nigeria a few years back, and the the two main industries in in the country are oil production and kidnapping. And I have a friend of mine who runs a security company down there, and a lot of the the big oil companies down there were tired of getting their people kidnapped because they were having to pay these exorbitant ransoms. And they were happy to do it to get their people back, and it really wasn't that much money. But guess what happens when you do that? The rates start going up. Yeah. So my buddy gets hired and guess what he does? He and, he and his team end up killing the hostage takers. Right. Guess what happens after that? Kidnappings go down, right? <laughs> yeah. Period. It's,
0: we we overcomplicate everything. <laughs> yeah. Like literally everything. Uh stuff here at home politically, stuff abroad. I mean, it, it's just we're we're masters we're masters
1: of that for sure. Let's let's give the populace a uh a, a, a quick clap for that. Um, Remember in Somalia when the Somali pirates took the two people that were on their sailboat and they were being held hostage and they were very close to dying, and the SEAL team came in and rescued them yeah. and wiped out every <laughs> every one of the host- Somali hostage Somali pirates. Yeah, we don't hear about the Somali pirates anymore after that. When was that? Like 12 years ago? Yeah no exactly send a message <laughs> yeah. it, guys with four glowing
0: eyes who show up and murder everybody on site sends a message it just does there's there's legends and tales and villages across the continent of Africa and throughout the Middle East of, of the ones who come at night it's like it works it's a great plan also makes a great Christmas card um,
2: yeah, my thing was this is one thing we were talking uh, some family members over the holiday weekend, which I try to stay steer clear of politics the whole Whole time we started talking about this was how soon after we did the uh, Merchant of Death trade did Russia attack Ukraine? I don't remember off. The and top then of. how far after that we paid for those Iranian hostages did we? have the attack from Hamas well that was that was oh, but then we paid them money recently right before that that's what no, I thought we just gave them 10 billion we just gave them money that's all it was yeah so how long after the 10 still it's like we the gave ten billion billion was like two weeks ago
0: yeah. yeah so it was after the war started and and I in thought Israel.
2: there was something else that we did right before that American that America gave to them I thought
0: well we had given them access to six billion um I mean, we're,
2: we're always doing stuff. Yeah, we're but it just felt stuff. like there was something that happened was like, all right, two weeks later, here we go. You
0: know, like, no, I don't think Q- there, I mean, Q- the there's connections to a lot of the stuff, but I, it's... It.
1: Whenever Democrats are in control of the government, it's always like they become that alcoholic parent that feels really bad of what they've done to their kids. Right. And they've raised like really shitty kids and those really shitty kids take advantage of the alcoholic parent who just wants to buy them off because they want their love Somehow, and that's what Democrats are—they're that shitty alcoholic parent that is trying to like bridge the gap with the shitty, you know, uh, prodigy that they're the the, the, the the shitty son or daughter that they have because right. they know it's their fault. Right. That's a that's a a, a great and dark
0: <laughs> analogy. Um, speaking of Democrats, um, member member uh, Pierre D'Electo? Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's he's you know he's on his way out. Romney gonna be done here. Um
1: The people of Utah have their chance to get somebody else in there. They do. That's it's unfortunately I think his son's gonna throw his name in the ring. Yeah, well that or 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 they'll I
0: mean we know how the system works. It's someone else that's not great for the American people who says they're great for the American people. And plays the game well. Um, he's not playing the game well, but he did for a while. Um, but he, he had a sit-down interview and was talking about the state of the GOP, the 2024 election, where things are going, uh, and, and kind of who he would support, who he wouldn't support. And in this statement, he talks about how he would not support Trump if he were the nominee, which looks like it's going to be the case, or Vivek Ramaswamy, Who also, I I mean, I don't think he's going to be. But he said that if either of those guys were the nominee, that he would vote Democrat, which is a surprise. No. Let's listen to the conversation, though.
4: Who do you like in the Republican field?
1: Uh, Anybody. Um, you know, I, I would—I'd uh, be happy to support virtually any one of the Republicans. Maybe not Vivek, but uh, but the others that are running would would be acceptable to me, and I'd be happy to vote for them. I'd be happy to vote for a number of the Democrats too. I mean, would be an upgrade from, in my opinion, from uh, uh, Donald Trump and and perhaps also from uh, Joe Biden. I, look, I like uh, President Biden. Um, uh, you know, I, I find him a very charming, engaging person. There's some places I agree with him, but most places I disagree with him. Him. Uh, i think he's made all sorts of terrible mistakes but uh I, I would like to see someone else run. all
0: right so first and foremost he says biden is charming
1: mm. <clears throat> biden's an asshole yeah everybody knows it right. that's just been his reputation for 50 years yeah no he he's not i mean look i
0: i think there's you see a lot of these politicians lindsey graham says that all the time too oh joe biden's a great guy. Um, and 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 whatever, I'm not going to go on a Lindsey Graham rant here, but but you you hear some of them say that, but listen to the, who the people are saying it, and then look at what other people in d c have, have said forever and a day, as Tom said, his his reputation throughout his fifty plus years of of so-called service in in Washington d c, he's been seen as an asshole. An unproductive asshole at that. He's not, he's just not been good on any, on any fronts. He pulls off, uh, he pulls off, er, he used to, he doesn't anymore, but he pulls, he used to pull off the whole, just, uh, I'm, I'm just this old kind of grandpa style guy from, from Scranton who's this, that, and the other. And some people bought Lunch it for a while. Joe. Yeah. He, like, I mean, he, you could see how some people were fooled by that, but his actual reputation, what people actually view him as is a total douche nozzle. That's just—that's where he is. So, uh, Romney calling him charming is not surprising at all. Romney uh, doesn't understand a damn thing about this country, his constituents, uh, or or anything, for that
1: matter. One of of the best things about social media being so toxic is the the veils are coming off all of these politicians— it, it, it has a lot to do with people pulling no punches on social media and digging into these politicians, which I think is a benefit. It will have a long-term benefit for our country if it keeps going that way. Because this old boys' club, this old boys' and girls' club of, you know, lifetime appointments and lifetime elections to one seat has got to go. It's got to. And I'm just hoping that this toxic stew that we've created with social media media will be the poison that gets that runs some of these people out yeah well we talked about it the other day I mean I I, I hate social media with the passion which is why
0: even though we live and operate in this industry that I, I do way way less than everyone else because I just I, I it's it's toxic for me I know it's toxic for everyone else so I I, I don't want to Spend my whole day doing that. I don't want to sit there and post and tell you about stuff. You know, I, it's just we're, we're going to try and do more because I know it's important. But, but you get my point. Like I, I don't, I don't want that to define me. I don't want it to define others. It's just a, it's a nasty place. But there are. I mean, it it, it has people walking around angry. It has people pissed off. But to your point, there is some good with that because. It brings awareness to others. And, and, and maybe it's not even awareness. It at least plants that seed, right? So much in life is about planting a seed and, and then just letting it grow when it grows in that individual on whatever topic. But someone sees something on Twitter or X, someone sees something on Facebook, Instagram, you know, wherever, and then are like, I want, is that true? Like, I wonder, is Mitt Romney really a douche? Is, is Lindsey Graham... Really, who he you know he says he is, or is he who these guys say he is? And you start to question things, and then you start to look at things, and hopefully, what happens is you start to look at voting records and issues. You, you start to look at okay, who who really are these people? Not not what what they say they are at the podium, but who really are they? And then you see, oh, oh yeah, no, they actually they don't care about us whatsoever. And then you start to think about hmm. This was never supposed to be a career for these people. And they've turned it into – and, hmm, they make $174,000 a year, but they're worth (laughs) eighty, hundred million $100 million. Hmm. And you just start to piece it together. I hope that's what happens. I know it doesn't happen enough. But point being is that that is the benefit, Tom, of of social media is seeds get planted. Hopefully, people get aware. Now, when you figure it out, don't be a total dick about it and just – browbeat the piss out of people and yell at them and be hostile and they, but but take the good from it and then and then go do something good with it but <clears throat> you're, that that is probably the only positive
1: oh yeah yeah that and uh, well, let's, let's keep it there well the the, the. Yes. In the the stories that come out and it's all about people following that trail, because if you follow the trail, even if it takes some really dark turns and everything, eventually you will find the truth. Yeah. Like the CIA murdering JFK. <laughs> Here we go. Tom's community. Um, yep. Tom's
0: community. I mean, hey,
1: every show needs to have one. Yeah. We, exactly, and don't get me started on the, uh, the 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 X spacecraft that exploded. That explosion looked like nothing I've ever seen before. It oh, it looked like it opened up like some sort of portal <laughs> into a different dimension.
2: I haven't seen enough have to go back and watch.
1: It. I saw that it happened, but I literally I, I I was telling
0: you guys before we started the show tonight, like I I, I literally took a pretty good break from from politics. Last week, once once we knew that we were we were kind of cold last week, and we were down, we were decorating and doing stuff like that. I my I don't know what percentage I'd put on it, but it came probably down eighty percent that my consumption of of news and whatnot. And I just laid into the holiday, laid into football, and I'm still feeling it from from all of that. But man, it was. Uh, it was a nice break. So all that to say, I didn't I didn't I didn't I saw that it happened but I didn't see it
1: happen. You know how I enjoyed my break? I started reading a book about Genghis Khan. <laughs>
2: nice.
1: And you know it so, yeah. in, in the whole the whole Khan family and how they changed the the dynamic of the world. And this the the last chapter that I read was about um, I think it was Kubla and his brother. They've taken over the dynasty and they were running into financial straits. And the the economic system they had developed was all based on precious metals, but they were giving out notes, promissory notes, money, currency. And what they had found out is their economy started tanking and the reason why it started tanking is because they were printing too much money. (laughs) And this happened... You don't say. Yeah, in 1270 (laughs) Uh, Sound familiar? It sounds really familiar.
2: I feel like we're repeating ourselves. No, for me, I literally erased Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on my phone just so that I wouldn't even have, like, the option of being able to go on it during the break. Did you bring them back? Yeah, I brought them back on now. They're back now, but it was just like... Just gonna take them off. That's nice. That's a just nice. just so that because if if it's like oh I got a few minutes and I open it, like well I got nothing to do like okay put it down. So then it just my phone just stayed in the other room because I was like I have nothing to do on here anymore.
1: Yeah, and it was nice. And one other thing that I learned from that book, well, there's a bunch of things that I learned, but some of the things I thought you guys would enjoy, that the Mongols, they used to drink uh, fermented mare's milk, and it used to get them drunk. Mm. So okay. I don't know if we can come up with some mare's milk around here. I mean, I think I think anything's
2: possible. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think we don't rule it out. Yeah, and this still brings me back. I brought this up a few months ago. We need to do a Tom's Book Club or Book Corner or something. <laughs>
0: yeah. We need to do
2: it. Actually...
0: I I, I I agree with that. Um and I, I can kinda see the bumper right now. Um,
2: so <laughs> then we can get like a stamp like with this space on it like this is on
1: Tom's book club. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. uh, and one other thing, i this probably should be a sidebar, but and not on camera, but I think it's interesting. Uh, our friend Fetus has made it to Ukraine up in the uh, Carpathian Mountains. Okay. And he sent me a picture of the house that he's living in, so I will share that with you. Okay. <laughs> I th- it's perfect if you're going to become a hermit, and I think you've met Fetus. I think that you probably probably on, on board with me that he would make a very good hermit. Oh, yeah. No, he, he could totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm I'm anxious to
0: see the yeah. picture. Uh, going back real quick to to mittens here. So he says, I will not support Trump or Vivek if they're the nominee. Again, you can like Trump, hate Trump. <clears throat> I don't care. I really don't care. And also, you should know, it really doesn't matter on the grand scale. And I'm not sign- saying that to be mean. But the reality is, is he's going to be the nominee. In almost every scenario that's out there. There's there's a surge happening from Nikki Haley, this, that, and the other. But <clears throat> did you
1: read the—well, uh, you haven't. It. It, well, I'm just going to tell you the article that came out in the Atlantic magazine and has been all over social media. The article that came out was titled, um, What Happens to the Nomination if Trump Dies? I saw that headline. I saw that headline. Yeah. That's dark. It's very dark. Yeah. It, which— Leads me and people in my community to <laughs> travel down <laughs> different trails. <laughs> uh,
6: Somebody keep Trump safe.
0: Yes. No. Well, no. Absolutely. Well, and there, there's been obviously concerns about that for for some time. But when you, you get you get heightened concerns when people are like, "All right, let's go ahead and start walking through these scenarios and what we do." Yeah, let's make it a headline. Because and a headline. Yeah. I mean it. It's—his it, that they, they, his security details got their work cut out for him. Uh, no two ways about it. But it's not surprising that that Mitt Romney would rather vote Democrat. Most of the establishment Republicans essentially are old-school Democrats. Uh, it's not surprising that he would do that for Trump or Vivek. Vivek not going to be the guy. He, he's that, that, there's not a scenario, I don't think, out there where he's, he's actually the nominee. It's just— it just is what it is. I know I pick on him a lot. I like what he says. I don't think it's him who's saying it. I think a lot of it comes off not genuine. If I'm wrong, I, I'm okay to be proven wrong on that. But uh, literally, when you listen to who he is, his stance on positions, and all of that, to have every to have one or two things change, that's that's normal. That's growth. That's people changing. To have a lot of things change and then to say exact sound bites that have worked for other people, I mean, it just—it just comes off very phony to me. But even if it was genuine, even if he was 100% genuine, and he's had the biggest moments of all of the debates, without a shadow of a doubt, he has dominated those nights in terms of coverage. He's—he's he's dominated the conversation, not necessarily in terms of policy and, and responses but he's but he's he's been a firebrand but even if he was genuine I still don't think he's got a shot in hell of winning the nomination so so I think we can rule that out but <clears throat> this this whole comment should it, it's bigger than 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 Romney's going to vote democrat if it's Trump or Vivek it's, it's it's an epidemic. It's a problem that we've been facing for a long time, that that's how these guys feel and that's how they play the game, most of them. Again, there's the Eli Cranes, the Ana Polina Lunas, and, and a small group of folks who really do care about you in this country, and in most cases have fought for this country. And in, in the case of those two, they absolutely have but it's it's really to me the bigger issue of like well of course you would do that and it's not just you that's that's i guess why i even played this because it was a, kind of a stupid laughable interview like well no shit he's going to vote democrat if it's trump but but the issue is not what mitt romney does it's what most of permanent washington does and and therein lies the problem and and that's what that's what's so concerning to me and i'm seeing you know i'm i was reading this article um, from, it was from NPR, which I don't go to there, but I saw it on on another site. And it's talking about how people, and I, I don't know the um, most recent polling on this in Iowa, but obviously Iowa's coming up in the next couple months. And people talking about are, are they going to vote for Trump there? Is, is character coming in? It, w- would that be a loss for Trump? What does that loss mean for Trump? You know, there's, there's, there's conversations going on. I mean, do you, do you see any shift? I just don't see how he doesn't win the nomination. There might be a couple states who go against him. And we had long talked about the possibility of some states getting him off the ballot. So far, all those efforts have failed. Is it still up in the air in Denver? From Colorado, sir. I I haven't heard anything. I think it still is. I've not heard a resolution on that. But again, Colorado doesn't matter because he's not going to win Colorado anyways. So, but he, you know, Michigan, Minnesota have all said no. You're staying on the ballot. Um, So they're not getting their game plan to work of getting him off. So uh, I just, I still don't see a path where he's not the nominee.
1: Yeah. Well, the same can be said for Abraham Lincoln when you know he was tried to get the nomination of the Whig Party and ended up destroying the Whig Party and the the Republican Party emerging from that. I'm kind of hoping that scenario takes place with the— uh, with this, with this process, when they go into, um, when they, God, I can't think of the name. I'm having a Joe Biden moment. But when they get together for the, to the nominating process for the candidate. For the RNC? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh,
0: uh, Republican National Convention? Yeah. Yeah.
1: During the convention. Yeah. uh, That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they try and the, 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 the the rhinos and the rest of the permanent Washington caucus try and scuttle Trump somehow. And then we go on for days and days with different sorts of votes, and Trump does become the nominee and then, it, in the wake, destroys the Republican Party and it comes it comes out with, with a totally different party. I know that will never happen, because permanent Washington is way too strong for something like that. But I do see some shenanigans taking place during the convention to try and, and put him in a corner and try and get votes away from him. During the nominating process, yeah, I mean you've got you've got our, the 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 right,
0: so-called right, who who's probably willing to to do anything to get him off, including you know working with the other side to get him off the ballot, working with the other side to get him put in prison. Yeah, which doesn't, of course, prevent him, but obviously that would not help him. We got headlines about what it would look like if he was assassinated. You've got. I guess they didn't say assassinated in the headline. If he died, died, let's let's be real with each other. And, you know, so anything and everything right up to the convention. Okay, none of those things worked. What can we do tonight? What can we do this week? Um, Crazy. But I I still I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. And again, that's not what I'm saying I I want or don't want. This is just fact of the matter is. Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. Yes. And people need to people need to understand that they don't
1: have to they don't have to, you don't have to vote for him if you don't want to. But who are you going to vote for? <laughs> Donald Trump is this weird sort of enigma and he's become this guy who ever since he came down the escalator has been somebody who apparently has done nothing wrong, but the police have all surrounded him and at first it was, "Hey, get on the ground." And then he wouldn't, and he kept walking. Then it was, get on the ground. And they pulled out their batons, and they started to, you know, hit him in the thighs. That didn't work. He kept walking. Hey, get on the ground. And they tased him. He pulls out the prongs. He keeps walking. It's just, you you can see the escalation from permanent Washington, like law enforcement, just escalating and escalating and escalating and escalating. And you have to wonder, where is this going to end? Yeah. What, what does it end with? Right. Because they have done everything in their power right now to get him not to run, to take away his freedom, to silence him. They've done all these things. They've tried to do all these things to him, and nothing has worked. That's yeah, what's I, most concerning to me. No,
0: I, absolutely. Because it can't. you can't have done all these things knowing them, knowing how the system works. And, and most of you guys should see now kind of how just broken and corrupt Washington, D.C. is. But knowing that— you don't try all those things, get to the end and be like, well, we tried. Like, no, that uh, these guys are clearly hell-bent on doing anything and everything they can to keep him out of office, which is one of the things that makes me like Trump right. is the fact that everyone else hates him. It's like, okay, well, there, you're on to something yeah. here. Uh, but but, but you, you don't just get to the end when you're willing to break rules, break laws, have people— disappear, all of those things that the the other side is willing to do. Not just the other side. Washington is willing to do. They killed a president.
1: Right. You know, that's what they're willing to do. And you could call me a conspiracy theorist, which I love. You can call me whatever you want to call me. But there's a reason why Dulles Airport still has the name of Alan Dulles on it. He died in 1969. (laughs) There's a reason why they keep that name. It's not because Alan Dulles was some great patriot, it's a reminder to all who passed through there of who actually really is in charge in Washington, D.C. I know Dulles is dead, but it's a metaphor for who's in charge, because he, along with other Confederates, murdered a sitting president. Yeah. No, I know
0: you've said that a lot, and I think that's a fascinating take. <laughs> and it makes—look, it makes sense. Uh, it, 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 it absolutely does. And—and— and, uh, Regardless on which points you agree or disagree with of Tom on his community, in <laughs> his community, the, the end result's kind of the same. It's yeah. kind of the same. They're they're not going to just let this happen. They're and they're not going to just walk away in the end. Like again, like I said before, well, we tried. It's, it's not it's not going to work. That, I'm not saying that they're going to try and assassinate him. I, I'm I'm not saying they're not either. I'm just saying that they're not going to just walk away with their head, you know, tucked between their legs like, oh, man. Now, a couple of them might because they're into that. But, like, they're just not going to do it that
1: way. I, I don't think it's going to come to the most extreme measure. I do think they're going to put him in prison. He, I, Trump will see the the, uh, the on the other side of iron bars. I, I would be way more shocked if he
0: didn't than did. Yeah. I, I'm like a 70-30. 80-20 maybe. <laughs> Ooh. No, uh, no. I, th-
1: I think I think that's just going to happen. Um, <clears throat> okay, real quick. And the, and the thing is, we say this all the time. If they can do it to Trump, they can do it to anybody. Look what they did to the cops in Milwaukee or in in, uh, in, in um, Minneapolis. Derek Chauvin and the rest of them. Yeah. And yeah. now they're on the verge of eliminating all of them from the earth.
0: <laughs> no, it's so enlightening
1: uh, and, and,
0: and uplifting is the word I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> Couple things. So, <clears throat> we're working on uh, booze and banter, which should be back next week. We're going to give you some more information about that this week. So, be standing by for. Some, there's there's a lot of announcements that are going to happen this week. There's a lot of work that we were working on last week. There's a lot of work that we're working on this week. It's going to just be like a December surprise. Not all of it was planned. Uh, some of it, some of it was. Um, but I'll say this. I'm real excited about it. I'm real excited about it. Um, it's going to be good. The, the, the booze and banter is going to be for Coin Club members. It's going to be a pre-show tailgate. So before the show goes live at 6, it's going to be over in the bar area. And we're going to be talking with you guys, hanging out, you know, have 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 just a good old time, engage on some of the topics we're going to talk about. That's where the most engagement, in fact, is going to happen with people. So, um, so excited about that. We'll tell you more about... How to do all of that
1: this week during the tailgate? Can we get into the New Schwabenland and alien Nazis and the nuclear program in Antarctica? If, if there's a time that we can do it, that is the time. <laughs> I really feel
2: like we should have had like a trailer like this Christmas.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: we we kind of need to yeah. now.
0: Maybe we'll maybe we'll have John yeah. work something up. Um, but so so that's that's on that front. Um, we're going to be making some pivots as we head into the new year with some new partners. So we're excited about that. Um, we're going to try and lessen, lighten the load um, in December for, 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 for stuff that we're sharing with you in terms of partners and emails and stuff like that. Uh, and, then, and then ramp it up in January. Not ramp it up like ex- extreme, but about to where things are now in January. So um, <clears throat> please, p- the people that we're bringing in, please support them. Please Take care of them like you guys take care of us. All of that goes to keep things moving and going in the right direction. So there's gonna be some updates there. We're going to get back at emails, but we're gonna do emails very strategically in how we do them. Um, There's gonna be a new website, new new emails, all of that kind of stuff. So uh, there's a ton of, uh, point being, you can kind of get the sense. I can't even keep my thoughts together here. There's a ton going on behind the scenes, a ton of stuff that's going to change going into December and then certainly going into the new year. So bear with us. We'll give you some updates on that. But again, the, the plan is is next week to be back with Coin Club, which will be uh, offering booze and banter as one of the things. Um, so m- more on that throughout the week. For now, let's get to question of the day real quick, um, which I'm I'm feeling my answer to this right now. <laughs> Uh, The question is this. Did you overeat or do things just right on Thanksgiving? Did you overeat or do things just right on Thanksgiving? Let us know. Or it could be somewhere, I guess, in between, whatever. Let us know how you feel, how you felt. We hope it was great no matter what. But did you overeat or do things just right on Thanksgiving? Send your responses in. We'll get to ours as well after a quick break.
7: up today's programming to bring unfortunate news biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway don't be fooled volatile markets dial 833 the number two usa gold yes call now 833-287-2465 Never miss an episode and experience the best live in-show engagement with Drew and the crew on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe to Drew's channel to be notified each time he goes live for the best commentary, the best skits, and outstanding guests on the issues that matter to you. You can do so on the Rumble app by searching Drew Burquist, Then click subscribe or by visiting rumble.com forward slash Drew Burquist on your web browser.
5: My business partner Jim and I started Thistle Creek Reserve because we wanted to bring glory to God. We want to be Christ-centered seven days a week, 365 days a year. Our coffee is produced all around the world, some from Papua New Guinea, South America and Guatemala, Brazil, for example. Beyond the Cup is, it's our life motto. It's our way to give back. And it's, for us, our charitable partners. Uh, we partner with the Tim Tebow Akoa uh, Philippi project to help rescue women and children from sex trafficking. Uh, we partner with SeaMark Ranch, uh, foster care community to help show the love of Christ to children uh, who've really just been abandoned by their families one of the things that we do is we go back and we support the missionaries that we help get our coffee from, so that they can build churches and uh, schools and hospitals and dig wells so that everybody has fresh and clean water. We stand on core conservative Christian values and we will never shy away from that. But that doesn't mean that we don't love our friends that are across the aisle. We love them all, we wanna serve good coffee to them all, and we want them to know that there's somebody who might not think like they do, but's willing to love them anyway and have a conversation with them.
6: I'm excited to announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save $90 a pair with your promo code. And now My Slippers come in even more sizes smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new styles and colors. Get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers. Make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are going to love my slippers that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please order now.
1: And that's how Mike Pence got (laughs) pink-eyed. Thank you, everybody. Have a good evening. All right, thank you, my friend. Tom Cunningham, everybody. Let's give him one
0: more round of applause. Coming up next, we've got... We've got Disco. Welcome to
2: the stage. Good evening,
6: everybody.
1: Let me...
0: guys welcome back question of the day was did you overeat or do things just right on thanksgiving see answers coming in i want to get though to tom's because i heard we were having some conversation earlier i will uh, i want to get to both yours, but i heard about some smoked turkey action that was happening there
1: oh yeah smoked turkey delight <clears throat> It was so good. Jake, Jake a- Ankenbrandt, my um, my uh, wife's nephew, prepared it, smoked it, spiced it up. We talked. To, I we you know, before leading going into Thanksgiving, we talked about how actually turkey is trash. It's a trash meat that nobody really likes because when you go out to dinner, you don't order turkey even if it's on the menu this tasted so good. It was I, hands down the best turkey that I've ever had. Plus we had ham with it, stuffing, green beans. It, it, it was a great spread. Mm-hmm. And I I ate a lot, but I didn't overeat because I had to leave at 2.30 in the morning to catch a flight. So I had no booze or anything. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. Most, pe- most people saying they
0: no, we got to mix, I guess, uh, across the different platforms. Uh, Disco, what are you
2: going with? So I was saying that I was trying to not overeat. But then after plate three, ooh, I was really yeah. feeling it. And it, was, it but I also like filled up on bread earlier in the day, which was ooh. probably a bad choice. No, it's not a bad choice. That's a horrible mistake. But it was like they had – we had the the Hawaiian rolls with some, like, honey butter. you just dipping it in it. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, couldn't – It's hard to not do that. Right? Uh, it was it was hard. But it was still good. I didn't feel like I, like – I didn't eat the next day <laughs> at all because <laughs> I was still fine. But, um, but it was just nice to relax. Had two cigars a day. Drank a lot of bourbon. It was fantastic. Copious amounts of whiskey.
0: Yeah. I like it. I actually – so I think I was worse after – um but but I, 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 I that night afternoon night whatever i i actually only had one plate wow, which was kind of remarkable and i didn't even really eat dessert i had my my wife made um these little possum pie things ooh holy crap they stole the show too. I mean like I but I, that night I did not have pumpkin or apple, apple and I'm I'm a big pumpkin and apple guy. If I have room I'll fit some pecan in there too. I had one of the, I actually was really good that now I made some other bad decisions. But um but food wise I was I was pretty good. I felt decent that night. These I'm telling you these little pies. They they are You didn't bring any for us? No, they're gone. <laughs> My oldest brother who's an amazing eater was just crushing them <laughs> <laughs> i told him i was like bro you gotta try one of these because i hadn't tried them until that night and then he just went to town i was like how many of you had he was like i'm on my fourth <laughs> he's just <laughs> <clears throat> loading them in actually my middle brother knocked his fourth one out which went flying up into the air and then on, onto the ground oh wow um yeah, it, was, it gets rowdy. But then did you pick it up and eat it? I mean, five-second roll? I mean, or no? That's not how he rolls. Mm-hmm. That's not how he rolls. I think he just probably went for another one. Mm. Um, Wasteful. But no, I think I was actually pretty good. I've eaten tons of leftover since. I'm supposed to be better about gluten because I've you know, gotten intolerance like so many people do. And, and But it does. It actually screws me up. And I've eaten s- stuffing every day, turkey sandwiches every day. Uh, I did have turkey sandwiches that night um, on pumpernickel. And you know what I did for the Michigan-Ohio State game, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, go blue, um, is I made turkey rubens on Saturday. Ooh. I made a homemade Thousand Island dressing. Okay. Kraut, obviously cheese, and then on a pumpernickel, put those sons' bitches in the oven they were outstanding. I'm not saying you have to come over on the shoulder, but I made them again last night while we were watching Ted Lasso, and they were—they're just so damn good. And this Thousand Island dressing recipe, outstanding.
1: Love it. I'm going to be knocking on your door later tonight. Have you, have you ever made Thousand Island dressing at a gas station? No, no, no. You can do all the ingredients right. I, they, are, they, they
2: are. They are right there. All in packets. Yep. Yeah. But
1: nope. <laughs> If you go in there and you just kind of like hang out by the condiment section in any gas station, every so often people from another community come in and they start making their own dressing and you kind of, you know who they are and you just kind of like nod to them and and know sort of a hat tip of, you know, what they're doing. Either they're making thousand Island dressing or they're making tartar sauce or some sort of concoction. I love tartar sauce. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. But am not gas station variety, but. but... there There is a secret society of people that go into gas stations to make their own free condiments. Okay.
2: I think there's, you know. there's like a reality show right there where we just follow Tom <laughs> into gas stations. So what sauce are you yeah. making now?
1: <laughs> no, you don't talk. You just kind of like, you nod. Okay. You don't make too much eye contact because they're a very skittish group because they don't want anyone <laughs> to know what they're doing.
2: The
0: communities that Tom
1: Cunningham is a
0: part of. Uh, and or just a Or just knows, of. yes,
2: yeah. he knows. <sighs> Remarkable.
0: Gosh. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to, uh, we'll, we'll do um, like a Christmas party and we'll do some some turkey Ooh. because that's a great way to put that trash bird to use. Cause you're, 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 I mean, there's so many flavors popping off in there that you're not even really paying attention to what the meat is. Yeah, i can mean, actually. Well, that's what we'll do. I'll bring you guys over. We'll do like a a, do you little, have a little
1: sauerkraut or you use, use oh coleslaw. absolutely,
0: mm. sour. Oh, yeah, slaw would be good too. I like them both ways. But I, I, I went more traditional sauerkraut, uh, which I think also kind of helps. With make the sure bird. You're not tasting yeah. the the turkey the bird, yeah. like. Um, we've really been hard on turkey here, but it is. It's just not amazing. Smoked great.
2: Well, it's, and there's that fine line of where it's perfect and then it's dry, yeah, or undercooked. Like you have that fine line, and if you can ride it and you nail it every time, it's seasonable. You're
0: you're you're good. Can I, can I tell you what we've done? Sure. Over the last couple of years, two at least, is we've stopped making the bird. I love making the bird. I have fun. I have fun. That sounds bad. Stuffing it. Stuffing yep. it. I was, yep. <laughs> not going to say that. Uh, too late. Already did. Um, but I have, I have fun doing that, and I think we make a nice bird. Um, but it does. Even, even the leftovers get drier faster yeah. and all of that, and, and there's, there's lots of things that can go wrong. We just get the freaking breast breast yeah. from Costco, put it in the oven for an hour with some water, and it's <clears throat> so tender and moist. And it's like, you know what? Because at the big family thing, it's a turkey. Yeah. But then we make a whole other meal at the house, and it's like, let's just do that. It's just us. We're not happy. We don't have to put out a platter and impress people with, oh, that? did you brine that? The skin is perfect. I love the skin, by the way. I don't know what that says about me, but I love just eating. I could yeah, just eat wow. the skin, and I'd be happy. I'll yeah. probably end up being a serial killer at some point.
2: No, but like but my, my dad's been doing the same thing for a long time. Forget the whole turkey, he'll brine the breast, and it tastes incredible. It's yeah. still good. It, it, I mean,
0: telling you it's it's it saved a lot of work um i
1: know you're on, not on social you weren't on social media this weekend but on thanksgiving day on thursday it was one of the best posts ever and it was by Peta. and Peta had a picture of a human being on a platter surrounded by turkeys and it was like you know that they would you know you they wouldn't eat meat and neither should you or something like that but the community note that came in they came in. Hard. It was the best community note ever. It said, actually, turkeys do eat meat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Enlisted, you know, like they eat snakes, you know, small rodents, this and that. It, it was the best community note. It made my whole Thanksgiving. That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: I love it. Uh, it
1: they're, they're, they,
0: I mean, not in terms of community notes, but they're they're frequently put in their place, Peta, because all the stuff that they say and do—I mean, it's just laughable. These people, the the, the world that they live in—I—I—I'll I, give them this—they they believe it, yeah. Like they're passionate about the stuff that they believe, which makes zero sense. But um, okay, you guys keep in, in, engaging in the chat. Make sure you hit that like button, by the way, if you have not already. All those things help along. Uh, and pushing us against the algorithms that are out there, pushing us towards the top of of the different stacks that are there in terms of the different platforms. So do that. Hit the like button. Keep engaging. Make sure you're subscribed, particularly over here on Rumble, rumble.com forward slash Drew Berquist. Come on, spend some time with us. We're glad you're here. But let's get to, speaking of social media, let's get to a quick social media story here, because there's lots of discussion with... Obviously, the the purchase, the, you know, the whole acquisition of, of Twitter by Elon Musk, was it going to happen? And, uh, then yes, it was going to happen. Then no, it wasn't going to happen. Then it went to court, and then it just was kind of forced. It was going to happen, all that. There was tons of drama leading up to it. And then, and then Elon takes it over. Some positive changes are happening, and they still are on a lot of fronts. There's lots of concerns there, too. But... You, you see that happening, you see people being like, oh, well, he bought it at the wrong price and he's gonna get his ass kicked on this, he's gonna get crushed, blah, 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 blah. And look, the verdict's still out. You know, we'll, we'll see in the end how it goes. But as of right now, in terms of traffic, X is crushing Instagram and Meta, or, and Facebook, excuse me, all of Meta. You, you've got this new traffic data that shows they are ahead. Of those and Instagram, I mean, look, Facebook I know is kind of a dying breed, yeah. Yeah. But Instagram is hot. Instagram still has a lot of You know, Instagram and TikTok have kind of those younger demos, and and and, and, and in terms of Instagram, some of the older ones too. But but X, you can see it right there, six hundred and forty million, almost six hundred and well, six hundred and forty and a million and a half. But, and that's just one source of data there, obviously. But things are going well. And, and look, there's concerns about Linda Yaccarino and some of the people at X that are there now running things. But I would say, I mean, that community note, great. The community notes that have put on Biden's messages, <laughs> the White House's messages, I, look, collectively speaking, I, I still maintain I think it's going in the right direction. And I know tons of you out there just mumbled under your breath. I still don't trust Elon Musk. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. I'm not saying I do either. I don't know the guy. I don't know the guy. I know he's a, you know, very, very wealthy. (laughs) That's an understatement. Successful business person with a big ass brain. That's probably somewhere on the spectrum. And that's all I know about him. But I do know that things at Twitter, and I don't even really use Twitter but I do know, I, I consume Twitter. I don't use it for posting, but I'll, I'll go there and look at stuff for stories for the show. I know that things have been better there than they have been previously speaking. And some people oh, I'm still shadow ban. Well, uh, okay. I'm not saying that nefarious stuff's still not happening. I'm not saying it's perfect, but we literally had no platforms. Right, as conservatives, that
1: you could use and not be completely screwed. Now you have one. You had the FBI censoring, actively censoring a platform. Right, and now, as far as we know, the FBI is not censoring. Like the, they had forty, forty or sixty agents assigned. To Twitter, <laughs> yeah.
0: It, no, it's astonishing, and and that's not speculation. That's that's reported fact.
1: Yeah, yeah like, from Elvis Chang. Her, was it Elvis Chang? Chang Chan, Elvis Chan? I think who is the, who, who was the, uh, the the head of the whole uh, of the whole West Coast, uh, the San Francisco FBI that, that was in bed with Twitter. Yeah. Well, and you had Twitter executives. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, and then you had former FBI who were also working at Twitter. Yeah.
0: No, it's, it's absolutely astonishing. And again, not saying that we're in the clear, like everything's perfect on X now, or, and things are gonna get better on the other platforms. They're probably not going to.
1: And then you hear Democrats always say, well, the, the rise of hate speech and anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic remarks is on the rise. Yeah, it's you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you guys were leaving the platform. Yeah. Well, I mean, according to Brian
2: Stelter, remember, no one wants to be somewhere with, without any rules. Hey. Yeah. Yes. That and this that goes funny. to show that people, you know, and the thing is, too, it's, it's been, there's been stuff that's been rising up. But also, too, I feel like there's been a little more civility when it comes to things that have been going out there. It's still hell or Twitter, we would call it still a awful place to be. All of it is.
0: All social media is hell. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a nasty place where everyone thinks they're smart, everyone thinks they're tough, and in, in most cases, neither of which are true. Um, but, I- He's doing things right. Yeah. The traffic is, is working there. Are some people shadow banned still? Yes. Are, are some people not getting as much? I mean, though they were so excited about all those payments that came out, you know, when Twitter was doing the rev share thing. I think they, I mean, they're not saying they're not anymore. But then the payments started to go down. Things have changed. Look, it's not all perfect, but it, it, it's still a better place. For people who want to be posting and sharing stuff all the time, than the other platforms that are out there. And you can say, but you know, what about this one and that one and some of the fringe conservative ones? They're they're just not great either. And and it's just to me that's still just an echo chamber. I don't like those. I've never been a fan of them. And I know that's heresy to some, but I I don't. I've got accounts on some of them. We are are actively deleting some accounts and some of the other ones because I just don't post on them but I also just have, I I said this from the beginning when all of them started happening and I understood stand why they started happening, you know, and obviously parlor came out and was the first one. And I went on board with that for a little bit, man, that is just literally gone now.
1: I I was on board with them too, but then they have their servers on Amazon and Amazon is like, you're done. Right. You're done. And so do, so do the other
0: ones. I mean, so it's, it's and, and the, so are the other ones, and they're literally just exclusively people. The only arguing that happens there is is over conservative issues. It's just a it's just an echo chamber. Gab's the I mean t- to their credit, and you've got some crazy shit that happens on Gab. But Gab's the only one who's done it where they're on their own thing, their own servers, and and gone totally independent. They're not on the app stores. They're not in. I don't use it. I have an account, I think, but like they're they're the only ones who've actually lived up to their word and been like, we're breaking free and we're doing our own thing. Like They're, they're the ones, only ones who have actually done that. But again, you've got the echo chamber issue. I, I, I like the discourse of, of all the stuff there. It just needs to be fair and both sides treated fairly. And right now, the only one who's doing that seems to be X.
1: You haven't seen the new video that's come out over the weekend, have you, of the Mandalay Bay shooting? No something we should probably take a look at. Because, you know, the narrative that we hear, that the guy, I can't even remember his name, was on the fourth floor that lit up the concert. Yeah. Video has just surfaced of a cab driver who was in Mandalay Bay who was filming and just happened to be pointing up at the uh, at the rooms as the shooting was happening. And you can clearly see the guy on the fourth floor shooting, but also you can clearly see somebody on the second floor shooting. Interesting. Yeah. Interessante is our brethren to the south of us, say. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I see the clip you're talking about. We'll pull it in for tomorrow, and work that in. I'm I'm adding it to the Tuesday Tim's notes as we speak. Um, okay. Speaking of Elon real quick, Um, so traffic going well for him, for X, for Twitter, whatever we're calling it, Uh, but he was also in Israel today. I'm not going to go far into this, but he was in Israel meeting with Netanyahu, kind of touring where some of the carnage happened on October 7th, um, and has talked about obviously supporting them, but he's also talked about, he said something, and I didn't dig into this far, about how he he would be willing to, to... Kind of help rebuild some of the areas there, including parts of Gaza. Um, he, he's intrigued by the whole situation. He's over there talking with people, put out some posts with um, with Netanyahu, conversations with him. Um, what, what do you what do you make of that? I mean, I I, I hate it when people go and do their. I, I I understand why some people need to, and if he's like talking about Starlink stuff or he's talking about this that or the other, okay. I'm, I'm not trying to slam him for this. I really am not. But I don't like Warzone tourists. What what, what do you think his end game is?
1: I think this is a, a, a lot of PR on Elon's uh, part because of that tweet that he posted that people read into as being anti-Semitic. And I think this is part of, you know, him— reaching out to to say I, I'm not an anti Semite by what I tweeted. Right. And that has been taken out of context and it has caused a lot of advertisers to pull their their content from From X, which is is all of it, is a concerted effort by Media Matters because Media Matters created account after after that happened when that tweet happened with Elon. Media Matters created these fake accounts and put in Nazis um posts and then took pictures of like Apple advertising next to these Nazi posts, making it look like X was advertising on these white supremacist or anti Semitic websites. So I this is all part of Elon you know, getting out there, getting ahead of this pending lawsuit that he has against Media Matters Matters and the ADL. He's also going after the ADL, which I think he should, because the ADL is, is a horror. It started off, like most things, started off, like, you know, with the best intentions. But after a while, you know, your best intentions go awry when the supply of anti-Semitism doesn't meet the demand, just like the Southern Poverty Law Center, you know, when when the supply of racists doesn't meet the demand, you have to keep creating them to make sure that your business keeps going, even though that they're not a business, they're supposed to be, you know, not-for-profits, but, but who's kidding who? They are businesses, right. and now they're in the exploitation business, and so they're trying to, you know, big company people globalists like the ADL the Southern Poverty Law Center are all working with the World Economic Forum they're trying to suppress any kind of free speech that there is and control every single narrative and so companies like those have to be crushed but getting back to elon this is part of him getting out there and letting the world know that he's not an anti-semite which all of us know i mean he's a he's the worst anti-semite that there has ever lived if if you're gonna say that he's anti-semitic yeah
0: no that makes sense makes sense because there there is there's there's a ton going on with all of that um and, and it makes sense to to kind of get get ahead of the narrative, or not ahead, maybe not ahead, help help fix the narrative in this case, since there's a narrative out there about him.
1: Um, <clears throat> wanna... Which is shocking to me because you know we talked about this after the um, the invasion happened, the fighting happened with Hamas and the hostage takers, and what a complete blunder Biden's been making out of this. And a poll came out saying seventy percent of Jewish people in the United States would still vote for Biden. It, it's it, it's unbelievable to me that there is this this huge chasm between Jewish voters and their. Absolute dedication and, and, and un, unwavering faith in the Democrat Party, yeah. which the Democrat Party is the most anti-Semitic group in the entire United States, other than you know some some fringe alt-right you know groups right. that you know may or not may or may not be a part of some FBI operation. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it is crazy
0: that that they've hung on and remained steadfast in their support because they've long, long been a more anti-Semitic party for sure. But but the other thing is, is the party's not even the party anymore. Like it's the the, the party that they used to support doesn't really even exist anymore. It's it's just this far left radical progressive party with some some, you know. <laughs> Very few remaining elements of the old party who who still had anti-semitic issues who still were always the most racist segregationist all of these all all of those things all of the bad things has always been that other side of the aisle but but that part that party doesn 't even exist anymore the the party is literally now. The Hamas caucus, that, that's the face of the party, and they loathe you guys. They, they say it out loud and on, on microphones at podiums yes. as sitting members of Congress. Yes. That's, it's not the same party. It's not the same party. Uh, re- remarkable. But here's the problem with that. They see, they see
1: Joe as an old blue dog Democrat. Yeah. And Joe's not. Joe is just this weird little puppet that stumbles in front of the mic and then can't get off stage. He's being told what to do, and he doesn't say the outlandish things like the Hamas caucus does. Right but it, he's not in charge that's why you can't just look at what one person is saying you have to look what the fringes are saying if you look at what the fringes are saying they they can always be looked at as is, is being discarded right. but they're the they're the ones actually calling the shots they're the ones who are actually pushing the agenda and The reason why they do that and have given that—well, that's where the Democrat Party is, but it also gives— the democrats cover because the democrats can't come right out and say hey we're actually communists and this is what we want to do we want to stifle free speech we want to take your guns away and we're going to take all your shit and we're going to divide it up and give people who don't have that much shit give them your shit we're going to decide where you live we're going to take your house your cars we're going to take everything right. and, and redistribute it so it's equitable to everybody they can't say that cuz it would be mass chaos but that's what they want to do. So that's why you have to listen to the fringes and what they say, and us, you know, people on the right or the center. Are always like, you know, our tendency is to make fun of them, which we should, they should be mocked and ridic- ridiculed, but make no mistake about it, no matter what they say and how outlandish it is, that's where the Democrat Party is, and that's what they're going to be pushing. They're just using the fringes to get their message out there, to receive that pushback, and then rename whatever it is. Right, right, which is, which, which is what they always do. Yeah.
0: Um... <clears throat> Speaking of policies, ideas, initiatives, all that stuff, something that happened last week while we were off is you had the Department of Defense, uh, specifically the Office of the the Deputy Chief of Staff, send out a letter to former service members who were either discharged or had derogatory remarks put on their records over not getting the COVID vaccine. Remember all that drama, right? You have this... Essentially, what 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 is akin to a quiet purge happening with the U.S. military, and this whole all the nonsense that surrounded COVID, right? Which ho- I really, really hope. I know my audience feels this way for the most part, and I say my audience, I, I mean the folks who are here all the time, the, the 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 most loyal of fans. But if you're here for the first time, hopefully. Hopefully you're so far over COVID and have a very different view than you did back in 2020 uh, when the whole thing kicked off now and you see just how it was used as – as a tool, uh, to test how far they could go with things, to test how far they could get people to go with, with responses and everything. But, so hopefully you saw that, but one of the biggest things that was absolutely, I I don't know what wasn't ludicrous about COVID and the government's response and the the people's response to the government's response, but the U S military's handling of it was so piss poor and so frustrating to see people lose their rights and be forced to get this vaccine. And if they didn't take it, they were told they had to stand down, couldn't do operations. We had Tier 1 units that were not allowed to operate for a while because they weren't getting it, and they just wanted to go kill bad guys. We had people who were booted out or forced to to leave early because they wouldn't get it. And with that, their records reflected a dishonorable discharge. They had other derogatory remarks put on there. It ended the way that they, of course, did not want it to end. You wanna go out on a high note, you wanna go out with, with, with honor and, and respect and they got none of that. And so you had them put out this letter saying, hey, we're changing that policy now that the COVID vaccine is not required. You can go before the Army Discharge Review Board and the, the Army Board for Correction of Military Records, the ABCMR, and request to have your records changed. And they even went so far as to say, hey, if you want to come back— you can come on back too. to which I I, I don't think many are going to do that. I don't know who, who would (laughs) like, Hey, so you forced this policy. You've since rescinded it. And, and there's nothing saying you can't force something new on me again. And, but you're, you're giving me kind of this half-hearted apology and saying, do you want to come back? Because by the way, our recruiting numbers are way down. We're not sure if you'd notice, but we've gotten ourselves into two wars. Uh, But you, to me, it's just too little, too late. And I will say this: look, it's a win. It's, we got to take the little wins when we get them. Try and find something positive in this crazy, chaotic world. So they're 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 making this right here, but it, it doesn't fix what they did. It doesn't mean that they cannot or will not do it again. And
1: I, I, I... notice that that letter didn't mention anything about retirement <laughs> right yeah <laughs> it, it, it getting your benefits for retirement it just said you can come back right
2: we'll it, come back to the reserve and the national guard that's what it said at the bottom at the bottom yeah yeah
0: but still i mean like uh, again it, we we didn't get here overnight we're not going to fix it overnight so little victories do matter
1: it's not a victory it's man really i can see right through this they're down on numbers and they can't fight a war with the army with the military that they have right now nobody wants to be in a club or an organization that has pup play trans people all this weird shit that's going on with the military you can stay at home and work at subway and and endure the same kind of crap the military used to be an escape from that where you could learn a skill you could develop a career without having this social media this um, th- th- all this kind of you know uh, virtue signaling nonsense pushed on you right. that was like your last refuge and that's been taken away thanks to assholes like Millie and that fat fuck um Austin, yeah. you know, until those losers are weeded out and the command staff and the Joint Chiefs of Staff is weeded out, nothing's going to change because you have people who are ideologues in those roles who truly believe in CRT and all, and all this other Marxist garbage that they're pushing. And I don't blame anybody who is as is of fighting age not wanting to go. Man, go to trade school. You know, try and figure out, you know, how you can scrimp and save and put yourself through trade school and develop a trade that way. The R the military hates your guts. They just want you as cannon fodder at this point. They're going to shove you on the front lines in the hopes that you die because that's equitable to them. Because if we're going to fight an enemy, everything that we do right now is based on equity. So don't think for one moment, if we get into a hot war and the other side is receiving a lot of casualties, that they're not going to sacrifice our people. They're going to do it in a drop of a hat. We saw it with Obama and the policies that he instituted in his rules of engagement. You know, I saw it firsthand. I couldn't fucking believe what I was seeing. It was like we couldn't go out at night on patrols because it wasn't fair, because the United States had the advantage. Granted, these were like—I was with Marines, and these were enlisted dudes. You know, in your case, in the special special ops community, things are totally different. But before Obama was in, you could go out on night missions you could do whatever you wanted because we had the advantage but then that was taken away it was like okay we have to make this fair we have to make war fighting fair so not so many bad guys are killed and also too if you're going to get into a firefight with somebody we need you to determine the age of that person if they're <laughs> 18 or old. that was the most that was the weirdest thing that I had ever encountered is being in a firefight and listening to marines go i can't tell how old he is And I'm like, motherfucker, he's shooting at us. (laughs) Shoot back. (laughs) That shouldn't even be a question. Hey, you smoke a 16-year-old. Sorry. Yeah. Shouldn't have shot at me. Yeah. I don't want to get smoked out here because a butthole has these arbitrary rules. You know, my life is worth more than that. So, but he's, you know, they'd be facing a court-martial. Right.
2: I I just want to know, like, okay, they have the letter. They're apologizing. We messed up. Come back or get your... But what about the people I have had I think it was like at least five or six friends that were tackled and forced to get the jab they were like four or five guys on top of them and they gave them the jab because they didn't want it and it was forced on them what about those people I know there's probably more than just those six that are out there that I know well that's a lawsuit yeah but
0: I it, can tell you that much but that it's right there is you know but it's like okay what about those guys uh, that, that's a different story that they need to, to uh, talk to counsel on. Uh, but uh, for the other ones, that's it, like a rape. That, yeah. yeah, that no, is, yeah. you might as well have been raped. I mean, you did have something put in you. Yeah. Um, but uh, like that, 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 that's awful. But I think that's different. For, I mean, for, for, and there should be lawsuits on a lot of fronts on this, and and there are some, by the way. But like, but this, this here, the only way it, it still wouldn't be right. You, 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 There's some things you just can't fix. Yeah. You know, you can't undo. But if they wanted to do this right, I agree with what you were saying earlier. I mean, it's just not the time. It's not the time to sign up right now. You can honor your country, love your country in different ways. I wish that wasn't the case right now, but it's not the time to sign up. But for the folks who are intrigued or, or interested and folks who, who went through this experience and were either discharged or had derogatory remarks put on their, their record, whatever the case might be, both in, in many cases... The only way it's kind of intriguing for some who just I have to get back in, I want to get back in, I miss it so much, and I don't care if I go and and whatever is is if there was a statement and a legal document that said, We will never force these on you again. Like there would have to be something so next level from what they did. Because there was no apology. It was just we've changed our policy yeah. and currently these are not required. So you can, and it's not even, you're guaranteed that you're stuck. You've got to go through the process of appealing and having things reviewed at one, and in some cases, two separate boards to have it possibly adjusted. So I, I the, the whole thing to me is crazy. By the way, you were talking about trade schools earlier. Did you see uh, Clay Travis's post with the salaries for Bucky's? No, dude,
2: Bucky's salaries are crazy. They're so good, I might leave. Yeah, <laughs> it was filling up, and I was like, "Honey, <laughs> like, I mean, you even get four weeks paid vacation. Like, come on, that's, that's crazy. Wow. Three, three, three. three, three sorry, three weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, so
0: you know, starting at cash. I mean, the, these are just kind of the the lower jobs there. I mean, you're 18 bucks if you're a cashier. Restroom cruise, 20 an hour, obviously. Food service, car wash, 21. Team lead, 20 to 23. 25 to 33 for department manager. Food managers, 33 to 42. And then for their full-time jobs, assistant general manager is 100 to 150K. The car wash manager, 125K. Food service manager, 125 to 175K. General manager, 150 to 225K. And then they list all their benefits, which are great. Point being is for for folks who who that's... That's great money to a lot of people. but like, yeah. you don't need to go back and do this job or that job. And, and you don't need to worry about, do I like this? I mean, like, oh, you need to like what you do. But, like... Who cares? You, you. I work at a gas station. No, you don't. You work at Bucky's. Yeah, it's different than it's a totally gas station. Totally different. <laughs> and and you know what? You're taking care of your family. Go do that. Go to a trade school. Figure yeah. something out. That's that's way way better. Some of those trades pay great money too.
2: Oh, but, hell yeah. But e- even like their benefits, the, they, they like match the 401k up to a certain percent on like what you put in. Like it's really great. I was looking. I was reading. I'm like, uh, this is actually enticing. <laughs> it yeah. Just. Bucky's man. Um, Maybe Bucky's needs a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do it. You know, it's funny. uh, You're talking about trade school. uh, Driving back home from from the cabin this week, um, it was Sunday. Driving past like a semi, like a CDL school, place was packed. People waiting like they have this little course. They have, like three tractors going all at the same time. I'm like, this is like people are like, we need to get out there and get working. I need a job. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump into driving trucks. I tell you, a lot of Afghans did that, bro. A lot of
0: them did, which is kind of terrifying and and great all at the same time. Um, good ones, the good ones, people that, yeah. that worked under us. Um, cause they can, I mean, if, if, if you can withstand, withstand and, and, handle that life of being on the road all the time and being away, um, it's great What you, what yeah. you can make, you can do, you can do great. Um, okay. Real quick. Remember how, when, when you know, it was just two weeks ago, I think Xi Jinping was in San Francisco. Yeah. and know, They cleaned up the streets. Gavin and them, they cleaned it up. They did it all right. And you had, you had APEC, um, I think it was APEC, right? The summit. Whichever summit it was, but he had the summit there. He had Biden, and she spent some time together. And you had you had uh, comments from the Chinese president afterwards, saying how he wants war with no one, he wants peace, and he wants great relationships, all that. And some of you maybe believed it, but uh, fast forward to now. Fast, first of all, just fast forward to any day and look at what China does on a on a intelligence level, a military level, uh, you know, the espionage operations that are happening, the long game strategic moves that they're making, not just here in the United States of America, but on on less, less populated parts of, of the of the globe, you know, in Africa and and in 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 other parts of Asia, South America. Antarctica even. I mean, they're just they're they're everywhere, right? They play the long game. Well, right after he said that though, you you, you can look forward to and you had China's military who said that It's driven a warship from waters it claims in the South China Sea, uh, accused the United States of being the biggest destroyer of peace and stability in the region. The incident highlighted—this is from the New York Post—the incident highlighted the tensions in the Flashpoint region, uh, which is the South China Sea, and was the first such confrontation since Chinese President Xi Jinping and the U.S. President Joe Biden met on the sidelines of the Asia-Pacific summit in San Francisco. So all that to say, you have this happening, and then China confronts a U.S. warship. In the South China Sea and forces it out of the region. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, look, I, I, there's there's long been contentious things happening in the South China Sea. We do we do patrols there. China thinks they own the space. You, you you know it's disputed territory. Like all of that stuff is it's a contentious issue. I get it. This doesn't mean that we're going to war with them. We're not. At least not in the traditional sense, conventional sense. But it's certainly not, we want to be great friends and partners <laughs> and de-escalate. We don't want war with anyone. I mean, China's going to be China. It doesn't matter what China and, and their dictator says, as Joe would call him, which is true, he is. You've got to look at their actions, and their actions always speak louder, as is the case for most humans. And I, I just found it kind of funny that right on the heels of him being here and saying all those things, it, it took no time. For us to see again who they are. And to be clear, too, we're, we provoke people all over the planet. I'm not giving us a pass here, but it's just kind of funny that, that China said all those things and then went right back to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's, well, it's not really funny and we went right back to you know bitching up like we always do when democrats are in charge. Yeah. You know, we we have a chinese spy balloon or you know a suborbital satellite that was flying over the United States and was like you need to get out of here. You know, let's hide let's put the airplanes in the garage so they can't see them. You guys got to get your balloon out of here. And then it, it, as soon as a, a U.S. Navy ship is in their water, it's like, get out or we're going to sink you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, we're leaving. You know, remember in 2001 when we had our spy plane in their airspace and they scrambled fighter jets and a fighter jet crashed into ours, killing the, the, the pilot of the Chinese fire, fighter jet, and causing our plane to land on a remote island in, in – in, uh, in the uh, South China Sea, yeah, and then our people were held hostage for over a week while they disassembled our airplane. Yeah. And it was like we want our airplane back, and this was when Bush was in, in control. And China was like, "Okay," and we went to get our airplane, and it was in crates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now that we've dissected it, understand the technology. Yeah, you can have you it. You can have it. Yeah. No, they just play the game different. And, and credit to them, credit to them, they, they 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 play it the way that they should. And and we don't. We, as you said, bitch out a lot of the time on these. um, But it it was just worth noting. Uh, Here's what we're going to do. Let's skip this break, Disco. Let's get into some sports. I want to wrap up this. Speaking of sports, we're going to talk sports. We're going to talk Trump, too. We're going to talk a couple other things. We're not going to go as long tonight. And I know some of you are going to groan about that. I'm sorry it's Monday, but we are back. We're here all week. Um, But the Vikings and the Bears are playing here in a little bit. Yeah, so... uh, you know we're gonna probably miss the beginning as it is but i want to get home for that you know i've got a problem uh mm-hmm. and tonight disco it, and i are not yeah friends. it's two uh, times a year where
2: we're not friends yeah
1: did you were you able to import that video yeah i got it okay uh, we can do, do it you later want
2: to do that first i don't know what it is let's just do let's still do we'll end with it okay yeah okay
0: so let's let's touch on because it was an uh, we said it earlier it was an amazing sports weekend let's touch on it real quick let's do some some sports All right, so amazing day of football Saturday. Amazing weekend of football, really, in terms of the college landscape. You had Michigan win the game over Ohio State in Ann Arbor. Here was the scene after that. Um, That's a lot of people, folks. That's what happens when the biggest stadium in the United States of America floods the field, which only doesn't happen often. You know, folks in Ann Arbor aren't field flooders except for when you're playing Ohio State and, and you beat them. Crazy game. Um, you know, big pick at the end. Ohio State had a chance. They were driving. Questionable call uh, on, on whether or not. I forget which receiver it was from them, Fleming or who, but uh, who, who caught it coming over the middle. They say he caught it. Um, didn't really look like a catch. Um, but got them, got them into Michigan territory and then uh, Kyle McCord threw a pick. And, and that was it. And this was the scene. Uh, third straight year, Michigan beat Ohio State 30 to 24 the final. They'll be playing Iowa Saturday night in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship. And what's interesting about that, real quick, is Tony Petiti, the new Big Ten commissioner who barred Harbaugh from being on the sidelines the last three weeks, uh, presume nothing, assume nothing. Hopefully, Michigan, uh, obviously, I'm biased, hopefully, Michigan can pull off the win for their third straight Big Ten Championship. But if that happens, if they win, Tony Petiti will have to hand the Big Ten championship trophy
1: to Jim Harbaugh <laughs> next Saturday night, which will be priceless. That would be fantastic. You know what be great is if Jim Harbaugh refuses to accept it from him and sends up a fake Indian to accept it. Yes, that, I mean very random, but yes, I like it. <laughs> what,
2: what, what I love is I like you were just texting me after the game, but I could just tell ex- how excited you were because you just kept like sending stuff. And you're like, I'm sorry. I'm like, stop apologizing. Your team won. <laughs> and you're like, I'm so sorry. You just kept sending stuff. i <laughs> like, it's well, all I was right. trying to send you stuff about work, and then like I'd see a
0: new thing come through, and then I'm like, <laughs> um, no, it was it was good. It was fun. It was just a, I mean it it just that game. There's a reason it's called the game. There's the reason it's considered by most um to be the greatest rivalry in college football if not sports and it just all it very rarely disappoints it just always lives up to the hype Uh, i'm a little concerned with where things are going in terms of the college football landscape that it doesn't have the you know a lot of people have opined this is not just my view but like that it doesn't have the importance moving forward that it has historically speaking just with 12-team playoff next year, which I'm all for. I love it. I'm so excited about that. Um, but also just the re- restructuring of conference. I mean, the Big Ten is not going to have divisions next year. So, one, it's not a guarantee that Michigan and Ohio State play on Thanksgiving weekend, which has been the tradition. And then, two, even if they did, in most cases, since they're t- typically the two best teams in the Big Ten, they would just face each other a week later again in the... The Big Ten Championship, and then possibly again the playoff because they both would be going to that with the new format. I mean, it's just things are things are going to change. It's going to be different. Um, we can't stop it.
1: No, and all these other the smaller ball games are just or they're pathetic because most of the players aren't playing in them. The seniors because yeah. they want to get drafted, so they don't want to get hurt, and it's mainly for in the coaches. The, you know, the, the, the families of the coaches, you know, some of the, you know, alumni to get out of town and get somewhere and just kind of hang out and have some drinks or whatever. They mean nothing. They mean nothing. Yeah. Well, and there's no, I mean, no one goes to them anymore. No, they used to mean something. I remember as a kid, it, it was a lot of fun, you know, watching all the bowl games to see how, you know, the national championship was going to shake out. But now it's all, you know, with the tournament format, it, it takes out all the, all the kind of guessing and second guessing that would go on on new year's day and new year's eve and new year's day yeah if you're
0: a player now who's you know a group of five school or a or maybe a power five school who's just going to a crappy bowl game because he didn't make the playoff which right now is obviously very difficult you the only four teams make it it'll still be difficult next year with 12 it's not like it's not like we're letting everyone in there's 133 you know fbs schools but if you're a player, the only reason you're intrigued by that is the, the the gear and the stuff that you get. Oh, cool. You know, we get some swag and a PlayStation 4 from this and some other goodies like that. That's nice for sure. But you're gone over the holidays. You're practicing over the holidays for a game that literally the stands are going to be empty, like even big, even the bigger name bowl games these days with big, big to big ish schools who play in them don't sell out. It's, it's, I, I really do, and it sounds awful. I hope that, that the new playoff starts to put those bowls to bed, and maybe the playoff expands a little bit more. Maybe it doesn't. But I hope they just go away like, hey, here's the deal. If you're good enough, you make the playoff. If you're not,
1: try harder. Yeah. What about the Duke's mayonnaise bowl?
0: I love Duke's mayonnaise. <laughs> I love mayonnaise. I've, I've eaten so much freaking mayonnaise the last few days with leftover sandwiches. But I, I think it's still got to go still got to go keep keep a couple to cycle through the you know the final four um uh, of the tournament i think I, they're gonna keep other ones too i think they should i think there should be home and away games you know if you're a high seed that first round i think you should get to play it at home oh shit we we, we made the playoffs but we've got to go to ann arbor we've got to go to you know Clemson, we got to go to LSU, we got to go, you know, wherever, fill in the blank with a tough place to play. I, I think that would be interesting and then work the others in, um, however. But <clears throat> there's so much more we could talk about on that discussion. Uh, over the weekend, though, you had Alabama crazy finish over Auburn dude I mean that game fourth a goal from the 35 yes <laughs> and the 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 freaking rope that Milrow threw and then the, I forget the receiver's last name who caught it and got that foot down in the corner it was like <laughs> yeah. I literally was looking to my son and my wife because we're, we're watching it and kind of preparing dinner as it's happening like because it just was a crazy game like okay well Auburn did it. Auburn's going to pull off the upset there's no way even even though Alabama had more talent you know, you just, you know, and you, but you never know in a rivalry game, especially like the Iron
1: Bowl, so Auburn kept it close. It's was like, dude, this game's done. Yeah, I was like, this is an incredible upset by Auburn. I cannot believe this. You yeah. know, there's something really special about the Iron Bowl, and there actually is with this. You know, this one will go down in history as one being one of the better finishes. Oh, 100%. My you know, my middle brother was there
0: um, cheering for Auburn with his kids and his wife who went there. uh Great game for them. I felt bad. They, you know, made the drive. But it was a great game. It was a great game. Who, who could have predicted that they were going to lose on that play? I mean, it just was freaking insane. What, what a catch and throw. What a catch and throw. Um, even if you were on the losing side of it, you got to walk away from that being like, that was just an experience. Just an experience. Uh, you had Washington, who inched out a win over Washington State for the Apple Cup. A lot. <clears throat> by the way, we're getting that for at least five more years, even though Washington State is is kind of in limbo in terms of conferences. Washington, of course, coming to the Big Ten, um, it, th- they're going to play that for at least five more years, which is good. So you don't want to lose these rivalries with the way college football is going. You want co- college football needs to grow, and we need to get rid of the NCAA, but we don't want to lose rivalries. Uh, but they they won, which was impressive. What do you think of their
1: quarterback, like burying his head and crying? Penix, yes. <laughs>
0: I think he's a good player. I mean, I'm very uneasy these days. You don't like
1: criers. (laughs) No. Yeah. No, I. Especially like either, like the kid from. Caleb. Yeah. Caleb crying to his mom after losing. And then this guy crying because he's, there's just so much crying going on. What's happening? What's happening to men in this country? You're supposed to swallow your emotions. You're supposed to rejoice in victory. You're supposed to be pissed off in defeat. You need to be slamming things and throwing your helmet and smashing lockers, not crying to your mom. Yeah. Well, at least in public, it is a bad look. I, I don't
0: mind the crying if it's you know if it's behind the scenes or if, if it's appropriate. Caleb's was a bad look. Pen- Penix had a lot of emotion. Did you watch any of the packages on game day? No. So he was he, there. Was there was a lot of stuff behind that? I think so. Uh, they, you know, they had another great package on him and his family and all of that. So, so there, I think there was a lot more going on than just
1: the game with him. Um, everyone's turning into John Boehner. Remember how <laughs> he was publicly <totally laughs> mocked and ridiculed for years for crying and now it's like, oh, isn't that sweet? He just cares so much. Oh What's crazy about
0: Caleb Williams is I don't I mean, honestly, bro, you're making two and a half million dollars a year. There's not a whole lot to cry about. Right. Like you're 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 doing pretty I don't know what Penix makes, but you're, you're leading a pretty good life, um, and, and, and you're both about to make <laughs> a lot a more. lot more. Um, but Washington Washington won, beat out uh, beat out them LSU beat Texas A and M. Um, and someone shared this stat I hadn't seen it. So, so the Heisman race is basically down to Bo Nix at Oregon and Jaden Daniels at LSU. Jayden, traditionally speaking, Jaden Daniels would be out of it because LSU's. Yeah you know, they they're not in playoff contention, they're not going to win the SEC, they didn't win the SEC West. None of those things happened and usually your team's got to do better um, for that to happen. That's just that's just tradition. It's, I know, which I think is stupid. It's totally stupid. Yeah. It, the the best player is not always on the best team.
1: It's just Right. And if you can put up the stats that you know he's putting up in, in not being on a good team that tells you how good you actually are exactly <laughs> well
0: and and they are a good team but they're they were either eight and four or nine and three i forget what they're uh, um and they're playing an sec west schedule right like literally the sec west and the big 10 east are the two best divisions of football in the land i think hands down and it, it, i saw this this has got to have this has got to weigh in so remember joe, joe burrow obviously the bengals quarterback now who's who's out for the year but his Heisman year, that LSU team, one of the best college football teams ever. He, he, you can see the stats there. He threw for 4,253 yards, forty-four um, responsible for 44 touchdowns, seven turnovers, a quarterback rating of 93. Jaden Daniels this year, with a less talented team, same kind of a schedule, 46 touchdowns, he's responsible for, which is more, five turnovers, which is less, and a quarterback rating of 95. The dude's just straight-up impressive. Yeah. He's just
1: straight-up impressive. Um, That's why it makes no sense to me that it it needs to be—the Heisman Trophy needs to be based on the best player. Yeah. Look at those stats speak for themselves. Now, if, you know, LSU right now is in the, the top four, he's a shoe in 100%. Done deal. That that's how that's how crazy the the whole makeup of the, you know college football and reporting and everything, the state of it now is just it's atrocious. I guess it's always been atrocious. It has you been. You know, there there was a point I can remember thirty years ago. You know, Rocket Ishmael from Notre Dame. No matter what you think of Notre Dame, he was the most electrifying player in 1991 or 92. When when every you it know took like he, every damn kick back, it was insane. Right, and, and he clearly was the best player in college football just because he could change single-handedly change the course of any game. Right. And he was passed over on it. And then the following year, the dude from Michigan won. Uh, Desmond. Desmond, yes. Yeah. And that was kind of a make good for, because Desmond, same thing with Rocket. He could change the course of a game in a heartbeat. Right. And was deserving of it. So, I I, I, I think that it's flawed thinking that Heisman Trophy contenders can only be, you know, top-tier teams. Yeah. No, I agree.
0: I, I agree. And, and and who knows? Maybe they set the precedent this year, but but Jaden's done now because they're done playing. His main competitor, who's probably ahead of him, is Bo Nix, who plays—I fr- think they play Friday in the, the Pac-12 championship, the last—well, the last Pac-12 championship, as we know, the Pac-12 now, against Washington, which be— a great game. You know, it was a seven-point game when they played during the season, so that's going to be a great game. But he's got another another game to prove himself. If he wins that game, they very likely are going to get into the college playoff. At least there's a good path for them Oregon to get in. At which point then he's he's in really safe territory to to walk away as
1: things have been with the heisman and he's had a great year to be to be clear you know what's really screwed up on my behalf is the fact that i hate the governors of oregon and washington states so much that it causes me to root against those teams and those players <laughs> that's that is that's a deep rooted problem yeah. it is <laughs> most of them are not from there i know and you know what the thing is is since we've moved here the you know, a lot of friends of my wife's, you know, when, when she said we're moving to Florida, like, ooh, yeah. You know, they were just repulsed, And they're like, she's like, what? And it's like, they can't—doing the same thing that I'm doing, it's very hard to, you know, separate the, the policies and the politics of that state— or, with, or even just the perception, yeah. Yeah, with yeah. the people that live in that state. So I'm, I, it's gonna, I'm gonna have to do better in the following year. Not to think that you know these players share, share the 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 same political philosophies as their governors.
2: Well, <laughs> even before politics became like that, where people, were, you know, just assume, you know, oh, you're this, then you're just like that. People had that. Uh, misconception about Florida, with anyway, Florida man, like all the crazy stories happen in Florida, and you live there, you're, but you don't, you don't, you're not that crazy, or you must be crazy, and you're like, I'm not. That's we're all, just, we're all redneck Republicans chasing alligators
1: and, <laughs> and robbing gas stations, and <laughs> dude, I went to Publix yesterday, and there was a fight between a guy, a Publix customer, and a homeless dude, and uh, the uh, the the guy, the customer had his umbrella out and was using it like, you know, like a Foil and fencing against, against the homeless guy—it was fantastic. <laughs> so,
2: just a little side note: uh, had to run when we were at the cabin. Had to run into town to get some some groceries and stuff. Okay. Decided to stop. To, I wanted to get some more cigars. Decided to stop at a smoke shop. Right when we walk in, there's these two people behind us who are like yelling at each other, like, a, like. <laughs> It's like, oh, this must be a married couple. Not a married couple. This woman who identifies as a man decided to double park. The guy's like, "Hey, ma'am, that's not a parking spot." And, and she's like, "I'm not a man, a ma'am." Like, and just, and they just start going. And I, at this point, I'm already in the shop going, "There's nothing here that I want." I was just gonna go up and say, "Hey, to the clerk," just be like, "Hey, you saw? I think I woke you up in the back." I was just, "There's nothing here. I'm just gonna leave." But as I walk up to do that, these two people walk up to the counter and are just at each other's noses fighting. I was just like, I'm going to leave. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to stay here. <laughs> and then I walk out and I was just like, that was the weirdest domestic dispute I've ever seen because they don't even know each other. But because she identifies as a man, uh, she got real upset. And then he was like, you're a sheeple. And just like, it <laughs> just kept escalating. Sheeple, yeah. <laughs> I was like, and then well, what was nice though, the guy who was like, ma'am, you can't park there. When he left, he looked to the clerk and said, hey, I'm sorry for getting it all heated there. Uh, I'll try to rein it in next time. I was like, hmm. oh, good for him. The other the the woman, she was like, It's too early for this and I'm like, It's three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So did you just wake up? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to America. Everybody's in a name. At least.
0: At least. Um couple just little side notes. Mike Elko, who was Duke's head coach, is gonna be the, the did an outstanding job there, by the way. The new head coach at Texas A and M. So he's headed there. Johnson Smith, who did a hell of a job in Oregon State, former Oregon State quarterback himself, taking the Michigan State job. Jeff Lebby taking the Mississippi State job. He was the Oklahoma uh, offense coordinator. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Lots of changes happening this week, though. Lots of movement. Now, obviously, we've got a, a Duke and an Oregon State vacancy now. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with that. i I'm I'm. I don't want to talk about it right now, but I'm pissed. The college football is almost over. Um, I hate it. Next year, at least it does get extended with the 12-team playoff. How much further will it will it get
2: extended? How many weeks? Well,
0: it's not going to necessarily get extended. But what happens is you get you know next weekend's conference championship weekend. Yeah. And then there's just there's there's bowl games to start, but again, none of them matter in December. So there's just this dead period until you get to the playoff and and the 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 the, 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 the like six top bowl games. Yeah which are, you know, New Year's, kind of New Year's Eve and and the first eight to ten days of January. So you're just done. But now we're going to have... first round of playoffs the second round of play you're going to have all that in there and there are going to be games that matter and that are important that like you have a party because
1: of and and great so it's going to be good it'll it'll help i would love to have a 72 hour round robin tournament where two teams (laughs) play you win you get to sleep and relax for like 16 hours before you have to take the field again and just we just keep going until there's a winner That would be, I mean, you know,
0: football is different than like baseball and (laughs) basketball.
2: Your (laughs) body is now. Now, now, and I know this is something you're probably like, no, but there was one thing I was talking with a friend of mine. We were like, what if football teams in general just had a deeper field, like a, 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 not field, deeper um, roster roster. So that then, therefore, those teams could play multiple times a week. So then, you know, you're you have you're having to kind of like with baseball, who am I who's pitching, who's going out, or whatever. Quarterback, who's quarterback. Who's so there's both there's you know yeah. two three quarterbacks. I love that
1: idea. I'm, no, no, no. Had. I'm just I like I love it so much because I can tell right now who hates it. <laughs> no, That's why I love it. <laughs> I'm, I, there's
2: there's still some flawed areas. I can feel your energy. <laughs> and 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 there's <laughs> still some flawed things because you know there's some players are better than others. We talk about that all the time. But I think that would it would extend the season to be more games. There could be more things that could happen. I think it would be an interesting, But you can you know, extend
0: the season without playing more during the week. Like, I mean, th- that's the nice thing yeah. about football is each game matters. Like, in baseball and hockey and, and – It doesn't it really doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> it does. I mean, it's all part of the collective. You can't go on a, you know, huge slump. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and come out of it all the time. But that's what's so crazy about it. <clears throat> It's like in college football <clears> – <throat> Excuse me. You lose one game, you're likely out of the playoff. Yeah. You lose two, you're 100% yeah. out of the playoff for now. That could change next year. But, like, the impact, that and that's why there's so much just energy behind it cause it's like, well, shit, if we lose this game, we're
2: fucked. But so this talk was not about college. This was about NFL.
0: NFL, but even so, like, even that, right. like – <clears throat> to me, I think Thursday, we need Sunday, to
1: deconstruct <laughs> losing. <for
2: sure. laughs> no, but I just, I just thought, yeah, because, yeah, because also too, we've talked about how it's like the top one percent of the one percent get into the NFL. There's so many football. There's a huge pool of football players that go in, all that stuff, and it's just the, the cream of the crop. Well, if you were to
1: be able to extend that, then you have you're you know. gonna extend that with the xfl i see the xfl oh, yeah. being this developmental league where you're still gonna have college football but you're gonna have that league is gonna grow bigger i don't know if it's gonna it's gonna be for people who couldn't make it well not could make it but would rather go into the developmental league than go into college <clears throat> Or go from college to the developmental league, then on to the NFL, NFL maybe.
0: Yeah. Which would be the more traditional way. Then yeah. and the USFL merged. We'll see. I, I still have my reservations about it. I think it's great. It lets people play football, make some money doing it gives them a shot to to keep going. I like it on the tech side. I just don't know side. if the appetite's there for the fans.
2: For the players it absolutely is. For the coaches I think it absolutely yeah. is. I like it because of the tech aspect. They get to try stuff with the broadcast, yeah. different cameras, different places. Now have you did you see that commercial uh, over the week weekend there was a it's a AT&T thing where there's a deaf quarterback and he's got, like, an eyepiece yeah, yeah. in his helmet. I wonder, like, oh, like, how does that work? In the-
0: Here's the problem, though, with the fan base on it. Like, or the, the you need to you need to put butts in seats and you need to put people on couches watching it or in sports bars watching it for it yeah. to, to actually pay for itself. And the problem goes back to what we were just talking about. I always th- like to think, like, hey, okay, I'm so sad and depressed that – that college football is over and then you get a little bit of a reprieve because the nfl is still there for a little bit longer and then that's over in february and then you're like oh my god like now what what do i do with my life and and then everyone's like well that's sad that that's how you feel and i'm like i know but that's how i feel and then you're like well okay maybe i'll get into this at least we've got some football playing you know in march april may or whatever with the xfl or usfl which will soon now be the you know be one but the problem is, is, is I want to feel that way, and I do. I'll have, I'll, I'll tell myself that, and then I realize I don't care about these teams, and this game really doesn't matter. And then, and then I quickly move on and just go back to being yeah. depressed. And I'll watch hockey,
1: and I'll, you know, I'll watch. Well, you're a football snob. I am. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I guess I am. Yeah. I, but I, I, I could get behind it, but you've got to make it matter, right? Like it's gotta. <laughs>
1: You definitely have to kick up the entertainment value to it. When the XFL first started, it it, it had a lot a lot of momentum being built with it because Vince McMahon is a master showman, probably right. one of the best that the sports entertainment world has ever seen before. I would say the best. No, I think he is the best. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's the bench, benchmark for it. But I, one of the fatal flaws that it made was it got— too, it, to me, it was too much wrestling right. and not enough football. The the football product would have been there without the over-the-top wrestling. You know, the idea of instead of the coin toss, the scrum for the ball to see who gets the cook, kickoff— Great concept, right. but poor execution because you know the first night they were they injured so many players. <laughs> doing it. No, they went too gimmicky.
0: Yeah, and you didn't you didn't need to like go hardcore
1: on the cheerleaders, go hardcore on a couple other elements. The greatest innovations came with the cable cam, and also think putting the nicknames on. We still know he hate me. Right, you know that was one. Yeah. That's to your point about you know making the games care. Once you can identify the characters on the field. Because right now in professional sports, we all have our favorite players, and right. we know them by number and by name. When you're dealing with people who are not that well-known but are identifiable through nicknames, all of a sudden they become a character. It makes your product you know, that much more engaging to the audience because now you have somebody to root for just based on a nickname. Yeah.
0: No, that's true. I, there's ways to do it. <clears throat> they, They were – it is a shame that they – that they failed on that first go-around because they, they were close on some fronts for sure. I remember being super excited about it, and, yeah. and then and and they actually had butts in seats for a lot of that. I mean, they were like they, it, it it went better than it could have. It obviously, didn't go well enough. Um, but let's finish on this because this ties in football and someone you guys all love in the audience, Donald Trump, uh, because he visited South Carolina. Uh, for the football game there. I don't don't know if he stopped by a -a cockaboose before (laughs) the game outside or not. Um, But the crowd loved it when he came in. Here's one. you got two clips. Here's one. Take a look. And then, just to show the crowd pop a little bit more, you know, kind of from further back up into the stands, here, here was one other look, and we'll talk about it.
2: So the Gamecock fans liking this.
1: Yeah. Joe Biden will never get a reception. No, he I mean,
0: won't. Well, and there's, there's some people out there like Trump was booed at the South Carolina game by who? By uh, some people
2: like that. You're not hearing collective boos there. You're hearing collective cheers. You're not hearing chants
1: like you do with Joe Biden or his tag whenever they're out in
0: public. Somewhere. Right. No, you're not. I mean, it's and, and look, you get that in a lot of places with Trump, but certainly in the South. Come on, like the, the, we love our country. We, we we he's going to get a great response down here, and he in particular, because of just the political movement that he has created. Who he is, by the way, Clemson won, but the Gamecocks kept it pretty close. It was sixteen to seven in that that rivalry game there. But you can't. I mean that 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 and, and it pisses people off because they know how much. Excitement there is behind him. It pisses people off who don't like him. It obviously, yeah, people the malcontents. Like it's, but but it's like, guys, at, do you ever stop? Do you ever stop and ask? Because you know, I mean, if you've listened to the show long enough, you know I'm not all in on any one candidate. I like Trump a lot. Trump's our guy. I'm voting for Trump. I think he had an amazing presidency. I don't kiss his his rings or his feet. I don't do that for anyone. Never will. But I think he's amazing. But but. Do you ever sit back, other folks who just hear the name and flip out, because you know who you are. A lot of you do that. It, it could be... You haven't even heard the end of the sentence yet. It might be someone who agrees with you and doesn't like him, and you just lose your mind when you hear the name.
1: He's a racist! But do
0: but you ever sit back and think, why do people feel the way they do about him? And what did he accomplish? And all that... Do you ever, like have some introspective thought. Like, do you ever, do you ever do that? And I, the answer is in most cases is no, because there was good there. Some of the, tr- some, look, the problem, one of the problems is honestly, I hope none of you guys are out there. There's some Trump supporters who are crazy and turn more people away from Trump. That, that's a problem. That's the case. Yeah, it can be the case with anything, but there are people who do that. And that's kind of how they, they see the mean tweets, they hear what the headlines say, and then they see other people and they're like,
1: oh, well, I don't like him because of that person. Yeah, like the Miami Hurricanes, you know, back yeah. in the 90s, 80s and 90s. They were winning all the time. They were a great team. But some of their fans were such big assholes that it made going to the games an unpleasant experience because of what dicks they were. Right. And it caused you to hate the team even more than you already did. Right. Yeah. I, so I think that's a phenomena. That, that
0: absolutely happens. And, and honestly – I, I don't have problems with trump there's policies he's, he's uh, he was wrong on there's personnel hires he was wrong on. I think he was amazing as a president. I think he could do great again i don't think he's the only answer he's the best answer we have now for sure but i don't think he's anytime someone says there's only one person who can do this i don 't know about that let's not let's not go that far. He might be the best one now, not disputing that, but i don't love this absolutist mindset but i think I think he's I think he's great. My biggest problem honestly comes with the furthest right crowd, who's just, you know, got a savior complex and is so far out out of out of reality. Love him, like him, support him, vote for him. Don't like. I don't. I just don't care. But if you're batshit crazy on either side of the the, the spectrum on when it comes to the conversation on it, I, those those are the people who I have a problem with. Yeah.
1: And also with going to a football game, especially in South Carolina, you're going to have a lot of fans there because the people who like Trump for the most part are people who enjoy life. They enjoy being Americans. They enjoy everything, the freedoms that we Think we have in this country <laughs> still do to a certain degree more or less is becoming less and less each time. But the malcontents are, have the loudest voices in our country. The reception would have been totally different if Trump would have gone to a college campus or a Starbucks because that's where all the malcontents you know hang out and would be the most vocal. But I- any kind of a sports venue, we've seen it at UFC, we've seen it in football, we've we see wherever. There's some sort of a sporting event that Trump attends, the people in attendance really like him, because he resonates with them, because they look to him at a time, in a place where things seem to be turning around in the United States. And also, for me, one of the things that I think Americans all have in common is a sense of fairness. And no matter how on the board on the fence you may be about Trump and whether you know you don't like his his demeanor his mannerisms his tweets, whatever it is, you know that might not be your cup of tea. But there's a certain sense that people have that he's just getting railroaded. And as Americans, we all think that fairness is something that all of us have. The, the playing field should be equal for everybody. Right. And to see somebody being railroaded like he is, I think that that is a rallying cry for people who were on the fence about him. Damn sure should be. It, it
0: absolutely should be. Um, again, that's one of my, my favorite things about him is always – I like people who shoot from the cuff. I don't like people who are, are all – try to be all buttoned up. If they if you're buttoned up naturally and that's just what comes out, so be it. But the one most politicians, you know, play that game. I like people who just shoot it straight.
1: Yeah. You're going to miss sometimes. That's why when I hang up with Obama, he would talk in all this fruity, flowery bullshit and w- when you tried to dissect the sentences, they, they didn't mean anything. Right. Except for you know the one sentence that did mean something and he and Big Mike both said it, we're going to fundamentally trans- you know, transform the United States of America. Right. That is the one where he actually laid it out what exactly he wanted to do. The other the other stuff was just window dressing and gobbledygook. Yeah. No, hundred percent.
0: It was, it was, um, well folks, we're going to, we're going to head out. It's been a fun night. we got a, we got a Vikings bears game before we head out. Could you? Oh yes. You've got a cliff. The... Yes. There's something you wanted
1: to show. Yes. Sorry. All right. So the SpaceX rocket that is supposed to be going to the moon, I think it launched on, Tuesday, okay. And there was an incident that happened, and Disco's queuing it up right now. <laughs> and I want you to look at this and tell me, has, is this an explosion that you've ever seen before?
3: Okay.
2: okay. Ready? Yeah. I guess there's no sound. That's fine.
1: The, so we'll see the separation here in a second. Yeah, and it's supposed to come back to Earth. The thing that Where I like come? best about this is the person narrating this calls this a rapid, unscheduled disassembly. <laughs> All right, so now it's coming it's about back to, happen. to Earth. Oh my God. And... There we go. So you've seen a lot of explosions. Have you seen one that looked like that? That was peculiar. It was weird. (laughs) Definitely weird. Dude, it was like it opened a portal into another dimension. Especially the way that it closes out. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, then it just dissipates like that. Yeah. Gone. I mean, look at that. That's that's like sci-fi stuff right there. Yeah. No, it really is. It's, he's... Punching a hole. All right. So this is my theory on this. (laughs) Here we go. We have a heart out. So speed through your theory. Okay. So this is my theory. This lends credence to the flat earth. So... (laughs) Continue. <laughs> All right. So what Elon is trying to do is punch through the the flat earth aspect that we have right now so we can get further out into the other dimension that is encompassing us and making us feel like do we live in a sphere which we really don't. Mm. Okay. That's, those aren't my words. Those are my, my people's <laughs> words when this first happened. I was like, oh, okay. So I, I, me, the, the community that I belong to has a lot of different beliefs. And <laughs> the flat earthers seem to be the most vocal and actually the most aggressive.
0: Shocker. <laughs> yeah. You don't say.
2: All right. So you don't well, say. Well, you know what? I, what I'll try to do is I'll try to reach, because I used to do stuff for Kennedy Space Center NASA. I'll reach out to see if I can get him to explain why it, that explosion looked like that. But because so a lot you
1: know the explosions that we've seen always have the you know like white contrails and everything you know the challenger explosion being the the one yeah. that we think of the most where they look like these billowing you know clouds and everything coming down So you want to get the <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um. we we see explosions like this this looks like looks like something we've seen in science fiction movies like the death star blowing up <laughs> Yeah. is uh is my you know that's what jumped out at me the most was what kind of explosion is this <laughs> is something i'm not used to it seeing. did look very
0: sci-fi-esque disco thanks for getting packages um very sci-fi-esque for sure for sure all right. Well, uh, we've had our flat Earth theory for. the <laughs> yeah. day. We almost made it through without one. Almost, um, but <laughs> there, there it was. Uh, all right, folks. We hope you enjoy your night. Uh, apologies for cutting out a little bit early, but again, I want to go watch this Vikes game. So um, we're we're going to do that now. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Big updates coming on on. Lots of stuff this week. Uh, Not much that will really change for you guys, but there are some updates still. So we hope you have a great night. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.